Welcome everybody to another episode of Get Carded, episode 26, just starting out. Brad is in the house along with Joey, Connor. Connor, you're with us. Thanks for thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. I know you got a busy Thank schedule. You. Somewhat. Sometimes. So, well, Depends. Listen, listen being, a, being a younger man in today's world, the struggle's real. Yeah. For now. Struggle's real. It'll pass. I, uh, I'm, I'm giving him a little bit of crap, but, but he's actually where I wanted to start the, the story off today. I was thinking about, um, as we talk through this episode, this episode, we're going to have a discussion around sports and leadership and how the two end up coexisting, not only as you're playing sports, but throughout Connor and I, we've had a number of conversations that go back to him playing football i wanted him to play baseball or do you remember what a, basketball basketball no, no you wanted me to you were trying to push baseball hard. yeah but basketball was actually kind of a backup option and oh my gosh if you saw him play basketball <laughs> it, it didn't stack up to to any other sport I it was played. rough but football he was super passionate about so randy moss and 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 the vikings like he Actually, it wasn't even the Vikings. He no, w- he would have he would have rather seen the Patriots beat the Vikings in a Super Bowl because Randy Moss was. On well, the I team. remember walking into his room when he was a kid with the lights on. Once it's on start there, <laughs> and uh, always having the NFL Network on. I always remember that about Connor. Is like that uh, that kid was always watching football. So one of the one of the things I'm speaking for him, and I'll let him I'll let him kind of expand on this if he wants to. But uh, in in ninth grade. High school football, right? And and um, living in a really big community with an enrollment of four thousand kids, and and kind of being a little undersized, I had my expectations kind of in line with what I thought was reasonable, but he didn't. I mean, he he, he tried out and and made the ninth grade B team. No, so see, I don't want to. I didn't want to talk about that. The the, the school that. That he went to at a ninth grade A and B, a tenth grade A and B, and then JV and varsity. Wow. So tenth, so so he makes ninth grade B, and I remember then there was a parents meeting after after this thing comes out, and this coach goes, um, he preaches being uncommon, which is essentially like every kid causes trouble and can be kind of a douche in high school, but the uncommon ones like set their standards very, very high. And he talks about the fact that ninth grade B players, there have been some that have made varsity yeah. by their by their senior year. Sure. And even though this this kid's significantly disappointed about making the ninth grade B team, he's like, I'm gonna make the most of it. And he didn't say this out loud, but you could tell. Like when you saw him in practice, he was a vocal leader he 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 put in a ton of work at the at the gym 10th grade 10th grade a team and then he and then he plays varsity the next two years and starts every game his senior year right like how much do you learn from that type of experience like your 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 you're benefited from showing leadership when it just comes from within, right? If someone sees that you're a leader vocally or, or even by example, yeah. you get extra opportunities for sure. And how, how important is that to, 
to have. Now, I would imagine at some point in your life that that you'll use those kind of experiences and 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 be able to use them in in business and in your family life. And when you get knocked down, you'll you'll get back up. At least, at least that's the hope. Like you might be the exception, and you know you might never use any of those experiences. Yeah, I think I think going through all that definitely will stick with me and different things that I've learned through there give me different values that I'm sure will come to light eventually. I think so too, but Joe, you're not, you're not, uh, um, immune to having some of these, these experiences too, right? You know, when you were just talking about having a ninth grade, a B team, 10th grade, a B team varsity or JV, (laughs) right? Like you must have, uh, you know, a hundred kids on those teams. Right. Or like by the time you get to varsity, varsity, I think at a hundred kids. So Mm -hmm. dating back to 1997, when I'm a, you know, two, you know, second year captain of the football team, I'm looking, I got maybe 22 guys around me. That's it. Like on the varsity team. So, you know, you're not, if you have any talent at all, you're playing both ways and you're on special teams and all that. So it just reminds me of this last game of my high school football career, snowy day, you know, we're taking the bus trip just a couple miles up the road to Roseville high school. And all of a sudden I look around and everybody's just bitching and moaning about not wanting to play, not wanting to win, not wanting to go to the next week of playoffs. And, you know, and just sitting there as a captain of that football team and having to like, you got a five minute bus ride to literally try to get this team rallied and around. And it just, to this day, we got our asses kicked, right? So, you know, I might have saved a couple people there. But um, the fact that now as a, you know, as a leader within an organization with, you know, a couple hundred people, it's like I constantly find myself trying to rally that. And that's, that's one thing that I've taken away. I can kind of attribute back to sports itself and is just how you use that today in leadership. But, man, that day was just You, you bring up an eight, a really interesting point because if, if you're an effective leader, yeah. you can get a couple of people – yeah. come with you yeah right you're not gonna get everybody but yes you're you're right because there's still some kids on the bus like i wasn't a good football player so yeah. if i would have been on the bus i would have been like oh i hope you inspire people but i'm just gonna be cold <laughs> as crap so like i don't care yeah i'm just gonna be cold and that's what i'm not looking forward to like i just yeah. want to get this over with still have my best as a fullback right so the fullback and linebacker and that, that last high school game right pretty much might have even been the last play of the game too bust out a 70 yard run and for this big slow guy (laughs) like a high school highlight right there man but uh but yeah no it's just funny though because uh those lines are blurred pretty easily right between sports and real life and you just you grasp onto what you can as a kid and you know as you're going through that and just you know take what you can into into real life well brad and i had a had a um uh, another scenario where it wasn't athletics directly but it was but it was a movie in which we we um, were actually he he referred to, and I had never or ha- I had probably seen the movie, but didn't remember the line because that's what that's what Brad does. Um, that's true, freak. I re- I remember I was going through a job change, and I was I was working with Brad at the time, and I just I just become really close to not only Brad but a number of other folks that were there. I mean, literally twenty or thirty people that. I just enjoyed going to work every day because it was that close knit of a culture. And I felt like I was a big part of the culture too. So it was, it was just something that I, that I love, but this other opportunity came along and I'm like, Brad, listen, man, this opportunity is a really good opportunity, but like, I feel like I'm letting this team down and this team is like a really important team to me. Like, to be fair, you, you didn't, it was not that concise. 
you took a good 20 minutes to get to the point. <laughs> that's that's probably true. Like, that's, oh, that's what this is about. Okay, right. Because <laughs> right, at first he's like, try, he does that with me sometimes. He just gets patient and like tries to follow along. And he's like, so what you're really, what? What are you saying? But. But but I was explaining to him that I that I had this opportunity and I didn't want to let the team down. That's the that's kind of the short of it. And he was like, um, he referenced the movie was it for the love of the game, mm-hmm. yeah. where 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 one of the characters is basically going through a similar scenario and he's like pointing to the guy's family and he's like, that's your team, like that's a real team, and we'll still be friends and the relationships that actually mean something here you'll still resonate with over the long term but like that's another it's it's just so crazy how sports and your involvement in them and and just even watching them watching teams come back from behind like it's just it's a it's just amazing how how many parallels are in business absolutely so i think i might still have an account from i think maybe the job you were talking about that you left I still get my my statements in the mail. I think from uh, <laughs> from said account or said business. We'll we'll talk about wouldn't, that. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me in the least. But there's there's a there's just there's just so many things that 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 sports have an impact on from a leadership perspective, and and that's why we decided that uh, to get some additional perspective, we'd ask. I mean, since we've already had a, a, a Super Bowl champion. Uh, yeah, probably get a World Series. Yeah, we'll, we'll check them all off eventually. So, so this one we had an opportunity. Uh, the The general manager of the golf club that I belong to is is Greg Olson, who who is a um, who's a hometown guy. Um, you know, played for the the Atlanta Braves, and I had an opportunity to have a discussion with him about sports and leadership. So, would love to give everyone a listen. Here you go. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Greg Olson. Appreciate appreciate you joining us today. Well, Brandon, I appreciate the invite. This will be a this will be an enjoyable interview. Well, it'll be uh, it'll be an interview. Well, ho- well hopefully it's enjoyable. <laughs> um, we we've been talking a lot today about uh, about leadership and how how you can bring some of your past experiences to the table with with things that you're already doing. So. Um, Greg, I'll give I'll give uh, the introduction. You you add anything you'd like, but currently uh, you are the general manager at a at a uh, prestigious country club in in uh, the the Twin Cities area, Bear Path Country Club, uh, centered in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Um, you also, I think, uh, it's well known that you've had a you've had a baseball career and played professionally at the highest level and been in been in some pretty significant games throughout uh, uh, throughout the tenure. Did you add anything to that uh, repertoire? Well, it's just what I would add is I'm a local guy here. I grew up in Edina, so I uh, went to Edina East High School. That tells me, tells everybody that uh, I'm at least 60 years old, which I'm 61 because uh, now it's just Edina High School. Uh, went to the University of Minnesota, played baseball at the university, actually played one year of football at the University of Minnesota as well. Then I got a chance to get drafted uh, my third year of uh, college and, and spent seven and a half years in the minor leagues. Got my big break with the Atlanta Braves in 1990, actually made the uh, National League All-Star team in, in 90, but uh, 
the most enjoyable part of my major league career was uh, 91, 92, 93, where uh, our team, uh, the Atlanta Braves, came together and we actually uh, had some pretty, uh, pretty outstanding players and won the National League Championship uh, 91-92, went to the World Series against the beloved Minnesota Twins in 1991. And now I have uh, the second best job I've ever had is uh, general manager of the Bear Path Golf and Country Club. Well, I know you, you take on a ton of responsibility as a general manager, as I, as I imagine most do. It's an interesting dynamic, though, because although you get um, – well, I don't even know what the accolades are for a general manager, but you certainly don't get the thanks that the, that uh, uh, a, a lot of other jobs do. You, you handle a lot of responsibility, but when the thanks come out at the end of the year, the general managers generally aren't the ones that are up on stage and being clapped for. But, but uh, I know a lot of people appreciate uh, your efforts, whether it was as a general manager, as a catcher. One of the things I wanted to um, – uh let you know is i i wanted to spend some time talking about two things uh, one was that leadership thing but the baseball part of it is is an interesting one for me because there was a period of time from probably 87 to the strike where baseball was entirely my life and and after that um not as much but 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 that period of time i mean i can I mean, with you specifically, I, I remember there were only a couple of catchers that I wanted to get in a, in a pack of baseball cards. Uh, you, because you were the hometown hometown guy, and then Mike Piazza, because he was uh, fairly well sought after at the, <laughs> at the time well, as well. And, and you've never come into my office here at the club and, and asked for a baseball card, so now you got to come in, I'll sign you one. <laughs> well, I still have a few of them. You know, one of my favorite ones is, I don't know if you, you, you're familiar with all of them, well, there are two that, uh, when I think Greg Olson baseball cards, are the two most uh, uh, memorable. One is you were on a playing deck of cards. You were the two of diamonds. I don't know if you know this, but there was a playing deck uh, that was out there. And this other one is called the studio, where you had to like, you had to like look proper in the in the in the front of it, and then there was like an action shot in the back. And yeah. what what I what I remembered about uh, one of the first times I met you is that, man, this guy's had the same haircut for thirty years. Well, believe it or not, I think you're talking about that card right there. <laughs> yeah, you're holding it up. So, you're holding so it believe, up. I'm holding it up. So believe it or not, I I know exactly where that picture was taken. It was taken in San Francisco, and it was the day that I got a haircut, so it worked out just perfectly. So there's certain things you remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, obviously for you, uh, what people should remember is that you were an all-star and a hometown kid and played at the highest level. But uh, I think plays at the plate are obviously some things that have, have, uh, are a big part of your history, too. Um, one of the things I don't always hear is how, how Dan Gladden came up with this cleats. And, and you remember this better than anyone. But I, I remember at the time, his, his foot like went into your knee, it looked like. So you, I've seen you stretch. I know you're a flexible guy. But that seems like a really dangerous type of play. I mean, uh, I know you took some hits back there, but that one in particular, I remember his, his foot like went right into the center of your leg. Yeah, that was actually uh, in game one of the World Series in 1991. Gladden came in hard. The throw was down low. And what I like to tell people is he hit me hard enough, so I, did, I went on my back. And in two-tenths of a second, I decided – this is the best time to get on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So I did a, 
a he headstand and, and next thing you know is on the cover. So, you know, sometimes sometimes things work out actually perfectly. Well, I, I remember that that 90s uh, Braves team. I mean, there was only a month at which I didn't like them. And it's not even though I didn't like them, but when they were playing the Twins, it's hard to root for them. But after that, I mean, I think I, I think that's the greatest rotation of all time. I mean, initially you had Avery, uh, Glavin, Smoltz, and and uh, Char, Char, uh, Charlie Liebrand. Charlie Liebrand, and then that evolved into. I mean, I think Avery lost a little bit of his uh, stuff potentially, but he still had Glavin and Smoltz, and then you had Greg Maddox in the mix. Like, how awesome is that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Maddox didn't come until 1993, but. Uh, when when he was added, now you had you had three, and at that time, you know, I, I I look back and you know John Schmoltz is still one of my best friends. I caddy for him all the time still. Uh, but back in 90, 91, 92, 93, those are just they were really good, awesome pick pitchers. No one we I mean besides Maddox because Maddox had some accolades coming over from the club Cubs, but you know for Glavin and Schmoltz. We really didn't think, oh, the next step is being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, we didn't think that way, right? But now you look back, you know, 25 years, and these guys probably, those three were the best three in a rotation in the history of the game. Yeah, I think I think that's, that's tough to beat. And then not to mention you had a ton of talent that would eventually be perennial all-stars with, I mean, you had a young David Justice, Vinny Castilla, um, I mean, Deion Sanders, were, were you there when he flew in on the helicopter? I don't remember if that was. Yeah, uh, so Deion actually played 91-92, uh, and he was the locker right next to me. So I got I got, I got, got a lot of Deion Sanders for a couple years before, you know, we just rented him. So that's really what it was. We rented him for, for baseball, and then he had to go to his real job in September to football. Uh, but, yeah, Deion uh, – Dion is a classic. He he's a great guy. He's a great teammate. Doesn't didn't like the the press whatsoever, but uh, as a teammate, he was phenomenal. Well, I mean, I bet it was just saturated with him. I mean, with him and uh, Bo Jackson at the at the time. I mean, two of like the dual sport at a high level too. Not just. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So I mean, we were loaded with talent. I mean, uh, you know, we had. Uh, you, know, you look you look for why the Braves turned things around from 1990 being the worst team to 91 being one run away from winning the World Series and and you know you got to give John Shareholtz, our general manager of the Braves some credit now along with Bobby Cox who was one of the better managers in the history of the game but you know they acquired uh, Sid Bream and Terry Pendleton who had some playoff experience, but Terry Pendleton that year won the National League uh, MVP. So uh, Terry was a, he was a rock star player. Right. He was. And then you had a closer on Mark Wohlers that wasn't, uh, wasn't too bad either. No, we had, we had some arms in it. And I retired before a guy named Rocker came and I don't know if I couldn't be able to handle him. He was, uh, <laughs> he was off the rocker to say the least. For sure. Yeah. I don't, I think that's uh, well documented too. Well, we were talking about how, uh, again, how people carry kind of some of the leadership qualities, and you were actually the first person that came to mind for me for, for the particular reason that one, I've I've, I've seen what you do at the club, but but the other the other piece is I've always felt like there are certain positions in sports that 
have a greater responsibility than most uh, just really by where they sit and where a catcher sits. It's the only person that sees the entire field. So they're responsible for a couple things like letting people know what's going on and then also communicating it. So, I mean, you got to wear a lot of different hats. Do you feel like being a catcher really helped? Do you feel like playing professionally really? Like, what, what do you feel like has, has, has brought you along from a leadership perspective? Well, you know, there's no question being a catcher, you're really the quarterback of the team. You know, like you said, you're looking at all the other uh, eight players on the field. You initiate uh, everything with, with uh, putting down a sign for what pitch to come. You know, what I really uh, attribute my leadership to is, is, is the high school sport, sports I played. I played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, learned a lot from my teammates. Uh, played college sports. Then when I got in the professional ranks, especially when I got to the major leagues, you know, you have some of the best leaders at that level, you know, between Bobby Cox and I think uh, the best uh, team meeting I ever had is a philosophy I use still today. And, and Terry Pendleton and Sid Bream held this team meeting uh, uh, at the All-Star break in 1991. And we were, I think, nine and a half games behind the Dodgers at the time, and they were just loaded with talent. But uh, Terry Pendleton and Sid Bream came up with uh, the three elements to become a championship team. So you want me to share those with you? Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to write these down now. So it's PT, MT, and TC. I'll say it again. PT, MT, and TC. So PT, PT stands for physical talent. And, and, and you think about it, every major league team has physical talent. Every uh, NHL team, every uh, NFL team, everybody has physical talent. So then the second one's mental toughness. I like to call it PMA as well, which is positive mental attitude. But it's really, it's really how you handle yourself in all different situations with your mental toughness uh, provides the, the extra incentive to actually get over certain hurdles that every player has every employee has during during a year. And the last one is TC is team chemistry. So you have to have this this bond with the people on your on your team, whether it's you know for me on the field on the baseball field or when, within my country clubs, you know, with all the different uh, uh, all personalities. The, yeah, all, all the different personalities and all the departments we have. So you know if you look at the country club, we've got a golf department, we've got a uh, turf management department. We got a catering events. We got a dining. We got um, facilities. We got tennis. We got pool. There's a lot of different uh, areas that you have to cover. So, so the philosophy of of physical talent, mental toughness, and team chemistry is you have to have all three of those things. And if you don't have all three of those things, those three elements combined provide championship teams. So, anytime I talk to my employees we talk about physical talent, mental toughness, and or positive mental attitude and, and team chemistry. Uh, I've lived and died with that ever since I heard that because as the story goes, honest to God, we were nine and a half games back. We had this little meeting 
and we had some young players and we didn't know really what a championship team looked like. Well, we, we won eight of the first nine games after the all-star break and LA actually lost uh, six out of nine within a 10 day period of time. We went from nine and a half games back to three games back. And when we went to the park, our eyes were wide open on, right away we knew we were in a pennant race and we were the rest of the year and we pulled it off so uh, i live and die with uh, having uh, those three elements be uh, the 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 rock of what what we're trying to do around here so it sounds like you bought into that right away which i always feel like is a really important part of uh of a discipline when you hear it so you heard it and you were like yes that's exactly it if we do those things, we're going to be successful. And you might have bought on right away. So this is going to lead to my next question. Um, through sports or through life, you, you have some really high successes. You have some failures or things that you got to that you got to get through. And when you're hearing this message and you latch on right away, you you may have seen some guys that were like, ah, OK, thanks for sharing. Like maybe maybe for us, it doesn't resonate as much. Like, how do you bring the rest of the team along? uh at, at different paces well you know for 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 what happened to me in baseball it was immediate right so it was immediate uh knowing that this philosophy was working right this these three elements were working for me here at the club it takes a little longer and and you need all three no one's more important than the other the one aspect that I really lean on, especially here at the club, because at the club we have 80 full-time people, but in the summertime during our golf season with the pool, the tennis and everything open, we have 225 employees. So our summer employment is a huge number. So I've got to, to get this message to them early enough so we can bond with the team chemistry, because if, if you don't have this bond uh, with the people you're working at with, you're just not going to be very successful. So first I have to get my management team to buy into it, which they do. And then you have to have the management team be able to communicate that to all these different employees, which fortunately we have. Um, it takes some people longer, no question. But when, you, when we add the right personnel, and that person, that new person, especially on a management uh, level, comes in and bonds. Uh, it shows that the team chemistry is something that is a utmost important importance for people. You know what we want is our employees to be able to, when they walk into the club, they want to be here. It's not. It's. I know it's a job. But when they come here, we want them to be here to enjoy their employment. So when they go home, they want to come back. Well, and I think that's a palpable feeling to not only then the employees, but the members. And then that probably rolls back up. And if you're running a uh, successful club, like it seems like you are, um, it's probably, I, I, I can see why it's up there with the fulfilling professions you've had over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the other thing that we preach here at, at Bear Path and, and you being a, a member, I mean, here's the thing. We are here to serve the members. Employees of Bear Path, they have to understand first, first and foremost, 
our main responsibility is to serve the member. Members pay the dues. We are only here to serve the member. And that's our first message. And then we get into how we can actually become better people uh, through the uh, uh, three elements of, of being a, building a championship team. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty easy to see the the uh, the parallels between being on a highly successful team and and running a highly successful organization. So I I, I told you we'd take fifteen or so minutes and and we're there. So listen, really appreciate the time and and uh, some of the insights. We hope to have you back at some point in the future and maybe uh, maybe review a couple of more of the baseball cards that I found over the years. Anytime you want, we can do it. All right, thanks so much, Greg. Thank you. How cool is that, huh? Fangirling a little bit over here. Former <laughs> catcher myself, right? It was funny, though, because, you know, we, about a year or two ago, we went down to Tucson, right, for a golf weekend outside of, uh, you know, for that. Vantana Coast. Yeah, it was beautiful. But uh, got a couple minutes to chat with him and, you know, told him that when I was maybe freshman in high school, went to a catcher's camp, and sure shit, here's Greg Olson, you know, um, teach, one of the instructors or so it was uh, – one, it reminded him of his age, I think, a little bit, too. But just I've been a fan ever since. And, like, who he uh, caught or who he received, Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, and Avery, who he played Avery, for. Yeah. Talking about Neon Dion. Like, man, that guy's had a – And the rocker. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> what a bunch of personalities. Uh, but he's so right about the things that you need. I mean, from a, I mean specifically the, yeah. the physical talent, the positive mental Absolutely. attitude. Like, when you have those two things kind of – jiving together it's it's just it tough to be beat. absolutely resonated with me too I'm, I'm 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 not i'm gonna steal it so greg i hope you don't uh have that uh copyrighted or anything because I'm, I'm definitely gonna steal <laughs> that with my team so nice job in that interview though that was that was a lot of fun to yeah. listen to well, yeah no he did uh he, he he did a great job so super super pleased to have him very thankful that he took the time to uh to get that done so as we as we uh, close on that topic, it's a good segue to another important topic, which is a uh, new game. We got a game. game. We got a game yes. going. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got some momentum going in the other direction now. Here after uh, after Joey uh, dominated for quite a while, but uh, we are at three wins for Brandon, five for Joey, two for Connor, and so uh, all time points. Let's see here, Joey, you've got twenty eight. Brandon, you're just behind at 25. So we'll see what we'll see what happens here. Uh, so for the topic for this week, went with uh, sports announcers. Oh great! That's the uh, <clears throat> Connor's excited. Hi, and you get to everybody. go first. 1716. Here's a guy. <laughs> so uh, Harry so, Carey, Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, there, there can be a lot here. No, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go with the. Another one that's uh, right in that same one. Al Michaels for first. So, Connor, mm. you are first. Joey second. And, Brandon, you round it out. So, here we go. Al Michaels' first job in television was actually working for Chuck Barris. Uh, if you remember him, he uh, he was the gong show guy. Uh, but uh, choosing women to appear on another one of his shows, The Dating Game. His first sports casting job, though, was a color comment- as a color commentator for the Los Angeles Lakers radio broadcasts in what year? 72. 1972. Mm. I'm going to go – that's a really good guess, Connor. Surprising. I'm going to go under. I'll go over. I'll go over. Brandon goes over. And the year – that was – 
That was good. That was close. The, the year is 1967. So Joey scores a point mm. with the under and leads one nothing. <clears throat> All right. So, Joey, you're first in round two. So he was on the, the dating game, huh? Well, he wasn't on it. Well, he, he, he was he was the he was the one that was like he was picking casting the, gals, the women. Yeah. <laughs> what a job! I, you know, I don't yeah. feel like was that's Kathy a job. Lee Gifford wasn't she like was was she ever on the dating game? Did they? That's really good. We should have yeah, we should we'll have a follow up to uh, yeah. to, to, to trivia follow ups like quiz the Parking quizzer. We should have uh, yeah. yeah extra credit. We need for another we need another color commentator. Yes. Yeah. All right, uh, Joey. Though he was paired with Dick Vitale, covering college basketball and. Covered everything from the MLB to the NBA to boxing, auto racing, the PGA, and even the Olympics. Keith Jackson was best known for covering college football and his infamous "Whoa Nelly" catchphrase, along with uh, being credited for the naming. This is crazy. The naming of Michigan Stadium as the Big House and also the Rose Bowl as the granddaddy of them all. In what year did Jackson call his final game after 50 years of covering college football? It was final game. Final mm. game. I knew his first game because I, I listened to it. Were you there? Yeah, I was okay. there. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to say his last, the year of his last broadcast was going to be, we're going to go 2003. 2003. All right. Over. That's, so, going that's over. so stupid. This needs, this game needs to be a mandate. Oh, wait, could he? He can guess. Oh, yeah. He, he can, can guess, guess the specific year. Yeah. 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 Yep. And it can be a different year. Yeah. It can be any year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. 07. 2007. And, Connor, you were close. The actual the actual is 2006. Is so that what br- I said? Brandon, no. You said 2000, 2003. Oh, I thought I said 2006. Play, play it back, yeah. I meant that. <laughs> I meant so that. Brandon scores a point with the over. All right, so we got Brandon and Joey, each with one point going into round How three. How many does Connor have? Uh, oh, yeah, zero. I, yeah, I went. Zero. I'm, I went first. If you go first, you well, just don't win. You gotta. <laughs> I got this. You have to pick a year, and then you get to go last. Going first in this game is not fun. Well, maybe we can do some. Uh, we can do some blind ones where you guys have just have to hold up the year on your forehead. Mm. Oh, that would be an interesting. But pick. over under, you know, at least we get to go a little bit with the gambling tilt. All right. Speaking of gambling, I was in Iowa, and. FanDuel just lets you just straight up bet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I need to figure that out. All right. VPN or something. (laughs) Round three, Brandon, then Connor, and then Joey. So here we go. Brandon, among the most recognizable voices in sports history is the legendary Vin Scully. Oh, him too. (laughs) Vin Scully. Like most broadcasters, he strayed from his role as the voice of the Dodgers to cover national uh, national baseball. Football, golf, but remained the voice of the Dodgers for 67 seasons, beginning when the team was still in Brooklyn. During his first season, behind the microphone, the Dodgers lineup included Jackie Robinson, Pee Wee Reese, Gil Hodges, and Roy Campanella. During his final season, Yasiel Puig, Chase Utley, Yasmani Grandal, and Clayton Kershaw. In what season did he call his final game? I'm going to go with 1951. Fi- final. Final. That's he's. Oh, final. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay. You're right. That's been cemented in, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
You said final game. Yes. 2067 years. That would be uh that would be 2000 Do we each get two guesses? 17. <laughs> 2017, okay. Under. Connor's going with the under and Joey 2015. 2015. The answer is 2017. Oh! So Brandon Brandon scores three points with it. <laughs> uh, you know, he, when, when he started with 19, I'm like, uh, are we gonna go like 1999? <laughs> so if he would have said if he would have said 99, would you still have given him the? I well, mean, it was the whole like, 1951. So I, as soon as they if they know it and they guess it, you're just screwed. No, because you can guess the same one. You can't guess the same year. Yeah. No, you can't. Oh, you cannot? Not if, no, you got to go pick a different year if you think you. Oh, well, yeah. We'll go with that. All right, well, good. So, I mean, Brandon wins candidly, he had, you would have had no idea that it, 2017, you would have never guessed that, by the <clears> way. <throat> So right, I won. Well, yeah, so well, I won. congratulations. I mean, that's we, we've yeah. got, we've it's got a controversial. Of open debates, yeah, it's controversy on that one, but we'll we'll let it slide this time. Still, still make him feel better. The rules, a little, little liquid. But, well, we uh, have a we have a few we have a few minutes left here, right? Mm, and one it. of the things that I that I um, should have opened the show with, and and maybe we could have talked about this on another episode, but I feel like it's fresh, so um, we won't talk about the most recent Iowa game, but the one before that. Against Penn State, you went to. I did, yep. And that experience, like, like, best ever live, can, yeah, best can, ever football game you've ever been to. Football game, yeah, football game, yeah. really, yeah, well, yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, well, the, the it storm, did you storm the field? Did you like? Oh yeah, I've been out on that field several times, but I was there for. Uh, I was at the Metrodome, uh, <laughs> two thousand two. Uh, I was I've been out on Kinnick several times. We beat Wisconsin for a championship one year, um, but this was the best a... atmosphere. Yeah, just just in terms of like uh, the 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 fan base, just really getting into it, and you know, despite despite whatever controversy about booing and everything else. But uh, did you see anything wild? Um. Yeah, you know the the literally well yeah, but <laughs> the whole fan base was really into it. The the row behind. There was a young lady who was uh, <laughs> passed out. Like she's oh. a row back and like two or three seats down, just head right in her knees. Like the entire missed the entire game. Got yeah. there, entire game. Head in the knees, uh. gone. <laughs> didn't, didn't yes, but uh, yeah, you know, tailgating had been going on for quite quite I some bet. time. But uh, I yeah, not easily the best tradition though. What is it when they they pause the game or is it at halftime where they turn yep. around and yep. look at the yep. children's you know, I'll, hospital? I'll, I'll take this uh, I'll take this opportunity to you know all the uh, all the sportsman con, you know, controversy and everything else. I I get it. Booing booing injured players not cool. You know, whether or not the diving stuff is true or not. Uh one thing I will say is this is the first game that I've seen when when the opposing team and they give them a little extra time for this tradition. The imposing team, not even, didn't even acknowledge the fact that that was even happening. Penn really? State was in their huddle doing their business. You know, meanwhile, yeah, Iowa's players waving the Penn State fans. Everybody, everybody kind of takes the time out. It's not an obligation, you know. But I think right. most uh, most teams have kind of gotten into that. It's like, all right, we mm-hmm. can we can give a minute to this, but uh, they didn't. Huh? So that, that, no, they did not. Huh. Mm-hmm. 
That surprises me. Just because I think it would, I think that would just be such an incredible thing to do. Like, well, I think I it's an opportunity to also show. You know, it, it's always, uh, and this is maybe a topic for another day, but it's always, it's always amused me, or, or maybe even confounded me a little bit too. You know, when you, nobody likes it when, like, right, the coaches are trying to get off a field, and you're like, leave them alone, just you know, let them run back. But they, they do it, right? And that's one thing that uh, I've got a couple of coaches that that I'm a fan of these teams. Ference is one of them where he's always very generous and he stops and he listens intently. He answers the questions and, you know, he's in his rush or whatever, but you've got, you've got coaches that, that really give the person doing that job a, a very hard time. And I, I've thought, you know, like if it's Popovich, you know, in the yeah. NBA, like that's what a stick, what's right. a yeah. stick. Right. But like, if I'm, if I'm watching this as a parent, like, isn't that like kind of a recruiting moment where like, you know, this guy's a complete dick. Yeah. You're always everybody on. they ever talk to. Are they going to be a dick to my son too? Maybe that's what I want, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe not. No, it's, it's, that's that's a good observation. Fair point. Well, again, one of the things that you kind of watch in sports and either emulate or look down upon, and it generally has an impact on on the way that you carry yourself. So, mm-hmm. another so episode in the books. And before yeah. we take off, just you know, to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search uh, "Get Carded" on either of those on any of those platforms. Get Carded uh, to follow the podcast specifically. I am Insta Riquez. Get Carded, Joe. Get Carded, Joe. Get Carded, Brad. Yeah. 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 I gotta set one of those up. <laughs> you gotta set one of those yeah. up. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Until next time, we're out. Yeah. Th- thank you again to uh, to Grace.